Welcome to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business. I'm your host, Donald Miller. I'm joined by my co-host, Dr. J.J. Peterson. Hi, J.J. Hi, Don. A couple weeks ago, we talked about you on Instagram uh-huh. sharing <laughs> the story of entering a diorama in the Tennessee State Fair. Yes. And for yes. those of you who don't know what a diorama is, I didn't either. <laughs> it's basically a small scene made with miniatures. Yeah. In that process, yeah. you have created... Super fans. <laughs> we went to a soccer yeah. game last night, Major yeah. League Soccer game. Yeah. And people were coming up saying, Man, I just, the entry about you entering the contest. <laughs> well, because I did Insta stories about it. You did I basically Insta like did a, for a few days in a row about making it and the drama that surrounded the making it and then dropping it off. <laughs> people were wondering because there were times you were crying about yeah, things that were, yeah, out. you're drinking whiskey because you're not sure if you, and it's all a con. Well, but I even mean, points, I was the, watching it going, Is he serious? The, the line between truth and reality, and it was very fine. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was very fine because I was very excited about the ribbon, but also. So it was a little dramatized. You so. did things on social media. Yeah. And you told a story that created super fans. Because now yeah. we have people writing in. All, well, and you've had yeah. fans before. I've never gotten social media reaction like this. Hundreds and hundreds of comments. People texting me and going, hey, we just saw your stories up. We're waiting for the kids to get home from practice so we can watch it as a family. Like it was, <laughs> it was. And last night when we're sitting yeah. there, people were coming up and going, I could not believe that story. And it was a very interesting... I've never gotten like social media traction like this. And, and you probably don't have a formula for how to do it. You are just you were trained in improv. Yeah. You, you've written screenplay. You work at Storybrand, so you understand story and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So there's some intuitive stuff. Today's guest wrote a book about creating superfans. Yeah. His name is Pat Flynn. <laughs> uh-huh. And he's got... The book is called Superfans, but he's got some tips on how to do this. Yeah. And I actually... You know, recorded this interview a, a while ago, and I've actually taken some of his tips and done them. Yeah, like I'll send somebody will message me on Instagram. I actually pay attention to everything happening on Instagram. Don yeah. Miller is, if you want to follow me. <laughs> I like things. I respond to things. I don't know why Instagram is my. I, I you can choose one, right? Yeah, At yeah. some point, I had to choose what sport I was going to watch. I had to choose football. I don't watch baseball. I don't watch basketball. Yeah. I watch football because otherwise, I'd waste my life. I have to choose one social media, and it's Instagram. And I started. People would message me or say something or record something. Pat, in this interview, teaches me you can actually just video record yourself and, and send, send the person back. a yeah. video. Yeah. And so I just started doing that, and it's been so delightful uh-huh. to interact with people in that way. It's been really, really fun. Just one tip of the many tips that he gives, they're incredibly insightful. But I think all of us need to just learn from you and, and create <laughs> super fans. Enter the Tennessee State Fair. <laughs> <laughs> and tell stories. What are you on Instagram? JJ Peterson 321. Three, Where does 321 come from? The improv group I used to be a part of called 321 Improv. Ah, yeah, <laughs> very good. Mine is Don Miller is all yeah. one word, and it it comes from very early when Hotmail came out. Uh-huh. <laughs> I thought it was funny to have an email address that said Don Miller is, and then the at symbol Hotmail, so it looked like Don Miller is a Hotmail. <laughs> And then that transferred to my Instagram account, but now it doesn't it make any doesn't sense. It doesn't make sense, but it's just no. like Don Miller. I is. feel like I feel like I'm be, I have some sort of messianic complex. It's <laughs> yeah. like Don Miller is. Yeah. I am, you know. But that's not. It was really a joke about yeah. Hotmail that didn't transfer, and now it's that's my Instagram yeah. account. Anyway, the interview with Pat Flynn is going to help us all. Yes. Take you know casual watchers to super fans, and I think you're going to learn a lot. Here's my conversation with Pat Flynn. Pat Flynn, good to talk to you. 
Good to talk to you, too. Thank you for having me on your show. I wish I would have known uh, about you and all that you do about five years ago. I think we would be, we'd be about three years ahead uh, if we'd have found you back then. So I'm grateful to know you now. I'll explain to our, our listeners, you just wrote a book called Superfans, and you're arguing in the book that making your customers feel special, that is turning them into fans, is probably more lucrative than even a good marketing campaign, that that's where the return income is and where growth of your business is, is turning casual customers into super fans. Am I right? Uh, I mean, that's absolutely right. And when you look at your overall user base and you compare those who have just found you and those who have been with you and have loved your brand for a while, when you consider where most of the engagement comes from, most of the comments, most of the ambassadorship, and obviously most of the customers and repeat customers, they always come from those super fans. And so it's interesting because in the day and age that we live in today with social media and all these tools, SEO, Facebook ads, all these other things, what we're doing is we're building our casual audience so big and that's all we're focusing on. And I, I want to change that and have the focus be on, even for the small audience that you have now, why don't we give them those magical moments that turn them into super fans, which as a byproduct, that will grow your audience too in a way where you're bringing warm audience members from uh, people and their recommendations and referrals and such. And it's really funny because when you look at, like I, I created this thing called the the pyramid of fandom, right? Yeah. It starts at the bottom. Your biggest user base is your casual audience. These are the people who have just found you for the first time. They might not even know who you are. You maybe answered a question of theirs on your blog or on YouTube and they found you uh, in some way, shape or form. And our job is to then convert them to not a super fan from there because you you don't listen to a song for the first time and then you're immediately a fan right, of the band. Right. right. You, list, you listen to the song and that triggers you. And then you buy the album and then you go to the concert and then you get all their posters, you put them on the walls. And then all of a sudden, like my wife and her love of the band uh, Backstreet Boys, then you all of a sudden <laughs> have this Tupperware bin in your uh, closet that your husband didn't know about with bobbleheads and framed pictures of the band <laughs> and all this other stuff that kind of can, can scare a spouse, uh, which it did. <laughs> Got it. Uh, and, and she's now, uh, I mean, she goes to the VIPs, she meets them now. It's, it's, it's pretty incredible. So our job is to take these people who are just finding us and turning them into first an active audience member, an active subscriber, somebody who now knows who you are and what you have uh, to offer. And when you come out with something, they make a decision. Okay, I know uh, what you have and I'm going to see if it's right for me at this point. From there, we then upgrade them, not yet to Superfan, but to part of our connected community. Right. And this is where magic happens and and where where fans come from is is from the community it's uh you know where identity with a certain group happens it's like people who are fans of star trek they're they're known as trekkies right and right uh fans of taylor swift or swifties fans of lady gaga little monsters beyonce's beehive and this can happen for any brand you don't have to be a musician or an artist uh my my audience is known as team flynn you have uh podcasters like john lee dumas who has fire nation because he's his podcast is entrepreneurs on fire Anybody can do this. And this is where people feel like they belong to something. And this is where they root for you. They wave your flag high. They are an ambassador. They're going to defend you from trolls. Uh, and then, of course, some of them uh, will become super fans. But there are some things that you can do to kind of nudge them a little bit into that space. You've kind of gone through a portion of your book here. And, and there are just several things that you recommend doing to build uh, super fans. One is learn the lyrics, break the ice. Send unexpected messages, get them involved, and offer platinum access. What does learn the lyrics mean? 
uh, learn the lyrics means, and this takes us back to my wife and her love of the Backstreet Boys. I did a lot of research uh, about her and her and this group and why she loved them so much, and actually started with a song, and it, like as a, as it always does. But it was interesting because this was back in the 1990s, and uh, I apologize to April for kind of dating her a little bit. But <laughs> um, you know, there was no Spotify, no iTunes or iPods at the time. It was just the radio, and she had heard a song on the radio after a breakup with her boyfriend that she had heard many times before, but this. This time it was different, and it was different because every lyric in this song was basically revealing everything that w- that she was thinking at the time. Like they were speaking to her, and this song was called "Quit Playing Games with My Heart" by the Backstreet Boys, <laughs> and like every line resonated with her. Right, so that yeah. that was her trigger moment to go, "Oh, I need like who is this group? Like let let me do more research." And then of course she bought the album uh, from there, and and kind of things spurred forward from there. So our job is to learn the lyrics of our audience. What lyrics would our audience respond to? Because a lot of us have brilliant solutions and we can we understand the problems but if we don't use the lyrics that our audience is going to respond to we might as well not have that solution at all so how do you get that kind of empathy how do you find out what what's going to really connect with them i mean you know we we do a lot of surveys focus groups we get together we ask people as much as possible what are just some ways that, that you know the casual business person out there can start learning the lyrics of their customers one of the simplest ways to do it that is the least scary uh which is going to get you Decent results is to find conversations that are happening in that target market already. And a lot of them are happening online. They're happening in groups where these people are connecting with each other. And you can look up terms like, I need help or help with or does anybody. Those kinds of things in your search will come up with conversations that people are having. And you can just pay attention to the language they're using essentially to describe their problem. I think it was Jay Abraham who said, if you can uh, if you can define the problem better than the target customer, they will automatically assume you have the solution. It's when that person listens to your show or reads your sales page and goes, yes, that's exactly what I'm going through. Right. That's the kind of reaction you want to get. You're finding those pain points. I mean, anything you can do to find those pain points. Anything you can do, but the best way to go about it is to literally have one-on-one conversations with people. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because this isn't this isn't new. This isn't revolutionary. This is what we did, or not we, because I wasn't even born yet. This is how business was done back in the day before all these other tools existed. And it's why people would go to Bob the Baker's Bakery because when you go in, like he knows you, you know him. And even though, even though there's a supermarket in between you that with cheaper bread, you go to Bob because you've built that relationship. Right. And for me, I mean, one thing I do, I mean, I have a I have an email list of, of 220,000 people. I've been doing this for a decade now, and I have systems of automation in place and whatnot. However, I still every single month take the time to have at least 10 phone conversations with brand new subscribers in my audience. I reach out to them randomly and I try to get on a Skype call. Sometimes those calls are really short and they're just like, oh my gosh, I can't believe we're talking. <laughs> but other times, I mean, I'll, I'll speak to a person for three hours because I'm getting their story and I'm asking them questions like, well, what, what did you try to solve this problem and, and why didn't you? Why don't you think it worked for you? It's also a g- great place to have a testing ground for new ideas. It's great for, I mean, that's great for sales reps and all this kind of stuff, but the, the, the CEO of the company needs to be doing this. Oh, absolutely. Can you imagine receiving a call from the CEO of a company? No, it would be very, very meaningful, yeah. Absolutely. And a good thing to do is just pay attention to the story that they're telling because that's how you begin to empathize with your target audience and understand them even beyond the words so that you can better provide for them. So, Pat, after we learn their lyrics, you talk about breaking the ice, being authentic, and injecting humanity into your brand. Why is it so important to reveal the human side 
in order to connect with an audience. I mean, I, I understand that from a narrative perspective, but from your perspective, why is that important? Well, people want to do business with other people. There's somebody that they, that they can trust and who's going to be accountable and stay responsible to serving them. Exactly. And here's a quick story. Back when I started, my, my first online business was helping people pass an architectural exam. This was after I was laid off from that industry. And the exam was called the lead exam, a pretty complicated exam. And that's how I grew my first online business. And I remember after I launched my study guide for that, it was doing pretty well. And then all of a sudden, the company that actually writes the questions for the exam came out with their own study guide. And I thought I was done. I was like, why would people ever buy a guide from me? I didn't even get a perfect score. I just have a blog about this topic uh, when they could buy help from the people who write the questions. Like, wouldn't yeah. that make sense? Yeah. When that guide came out, I had doubled my income. And the reason was because people started to go, oh, there, there are guides out there. Let me see what else is out there. And oh, there's this guy, Pat Flynn. He took the exam not too long ago. Like, he's just a couple steps ahead of me. Like I like Pat, he has a family and I can tell he's like, he cares about us. Like I'm going to go buy from Pat. And that's exactly what they told me when I asked them, why did you buy from me versus the, the competition? It was because they felt they could connect with me. And I think people want to do business with other humans and, and being a human means a number of different things. It means uh, just sh sharing a little bit about yourself. Uh, and, and it doesn't have to be like a, a, a structured thing where you share your breakfast every morning. It's just, if you love something and it's a part of you, you share it. And, and that's because like, that's what you would know about a friend. Yeah. And, 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 and one, one example is at the beginning of, of my podcast, if you've ever listened to it, I have my voiceover guy read a fun little fact about me every single time. And I remember when I was starting podcasting, uh, back in 2010, I had told my, uh, mentors and coaches at the time that I had this idea to have my voiceover guy read these fun facts. <laughs> and they thought it was, they thought it was crazy. They're like, why would you do that? Why would you waste money? People just want to hear the content. But I'll tell you, every time I go to a conference now, I meet a person who I've never seen before. I find out they listen to the show. And the first thing they say is, hey, Pat, I'm Filipino, too. That's so cool. Or, oh, my gosh, I have this fear of spiders just like you do. It's like these random facts. Yeah, it brings a closeness in there. That's that's good. Abs it brings an absolute closeness. Uh, absolutely. It's just like Michael Hyatt, right? And a good friend of ours, he, he plays um, Native American flutes. I don't yeah. play a Native American flute. I don't know if you do. No. But, but we know that about him, and it, it adds character to him. And then now when I see a Native American flute somewhere, I'm like, oh, that reminds me of Michael Hyatt, just like when people see Back yeah. to the Future in my audience. Yeah. They're, they're reminded and you do feel like you know him. I mean, we do know him, but you feel like you, you feel like you feel closer when you know just random facts that other people wouldn't know. That, that connection is so huge. You also talk about sending unexpected messages, and I'm very curious about this because – I've gotten some of these as as a customer of different brands, and it just it really really works. It's very hard to scale sometimes, but give me some examples of how sending unexpected messages to customers works in your favor. Yeah, this doesn't scale directly, and what I'm saying here is not sending a broadcast unexpectedly to everybody. Sometimes we don't want to hear or see those unexpected emails, but what I mean is a personalized message, a surprise. And what I mean by this is people get into the rhythm such that they just are, are kind of there, and, and you need to interrupt that pattern every once in a while. And this is a little bit more down the line in terms of bringing super fans into the picture, but the example and analogy I like to use is if you have a spouse and you are going to bed with them every night and you say, Good night, honey. I love you. Good night, honey. I love you. Like every single night. It's it's not not special, but it's it's routine. And it doesn't really get talked about. It doesn't really get remembered. It's just expected. But if you go into her office on a random Tuesday at 3.48 p.m. and you drop off uh, like a flower and just say, hey, honey, I brought this for you because I love you. That's it. That's what gets remembered. That's what gets talked about. That's when the other people in the office are like, oh, my God, your husband is so incredible. Like these are the small things that 
just a little bit of time and attention goes such a long way. And so one easy way we could all do this because we have access to these tools now is to send a direct message with a video on a social media platform. You can do this on Instagram, Twitter, anywhere. And I'll tell you, like if I, I challenge everybody who's listening to this right now to send one or two of these immediately after this to somebody who's following you because number one, they're not gonna expect it. Number two, don't go in with an agenda to get anything back. Only do this because you wanna reach out and make a connection. And you're gonna find that most of the time they're gonna reply and be blown away. And this is what gets shared, this is what gets remembered. And it's so easy. I'll be right back with the rest of my conversation with Pat Flynn in just a moment. StoryBrand has spent years helping you clarify your message, but we've helped you clarify your external message, that is, how you talk to your customers. We've helped you clarify your message in such a way that they understand what you offer, why it matters, and what they need to do to buy it. And so we've seen companies explode because finally customers are listening. But what about your internal message? What about your mission statement and guiding principles? We all start our company. We start with a mission statement. If you want to get a loan from a bank, you have to give them your mission statement, your guiding principles, because they want to know what is this company going to be about. The problem is most of our mission statements are terrible. They are terrible. I think a good mission statement should unite a team and fire up a tribe. If Mel Gibson cannot read your mission statement to all those warriors who are trying to free Scotland in the movie Braveheart, your mission statement is a joke. Your mission statement should make people want to fight, not return to their village. And so we've got to use different language. Most of our mission statements, though, are so bad that once we write them, nobody can remember them again. If you can walk around your office and ask people, what is our mission statement, and they don't know, then you are not on a mission. You have forgotten the mission. Your people have forgotten the mission. How do you write guiding principles that actually work, that actually unite a team? Well, we've got a new framework called Mission Statement Made Simple, and we break down the guiding principles that you need into five categories. One is the mission statement, and we have a formula for writing a mission statement so that it's short and memorable and people actually want to live it. Next, key characteristics. What are the key characteristics every person on your team needs to have in order to work here? Third, Critical actions. What three things does every team member need to do every single day to move the plot of the story forward? Fourth, your story pitch. One short paragraph that sums up the story of your company. And then finally, fifth, your theme. What is the reason that you're doing what you're doing? Why are you doing it? Why should people get out of bed every morning and join your effort? When you have perfected these five elements of your guiding principles, your company will finally be on the same page, moving in the same direction, and they will all know why they are sacrificing. You can create these five guiding principles with our new course, Mission Statement Made Simple. If you want to take the course, all you do is buy Business Made Simple University. It's $275, and you get the Mission Statement course, plus our marketing course, plus our messaging course, Plus, we partnered with Ian Morgan Cron to create a course on the Enneagram, and we're going to add several new courses next year. It's all for $275. When we add new courses, you don't pay anything. It's $275 per year to join the university and continue your education. But when you get the university, start with your mission statement. Start with the foundation, the reason you're doing what you are doing. If you'd like to get the Mission Statement course, along with all the other courses for just $275, go to 
businessmadesimple.com and join the waitlist. You can't get this until October 28th. That's when we launch. But join the waitlist now so you make sure you know the day it comes out. Listen, for $275, you can sit your team down and go through a one-day exercise and come up with your mission statement and guiding principles. Plus, you'll have all the other courses that you need. It's $275 per person per year. That is dirt cheap. We'd love for you to join us. Go to businessmadesimple.com and join the waiting list today. All right, get them involved. Recruit and delegate your active users. How do you get people involved in whatever you are doing as a business? You can't beat a customer who has put skin in the game. You can't beat a customer who has volunteered a little bit of time or something like that. I was actually amazed. I got asked to speak at a, a Tony Robbins event in Las Vegas, a business mastery event. And as I interacted with Tony's people, who were all incredible, just so wonderful, so positive, very, very professional people, um, most of them were volunteers. And and then even the ones who had been in the organization for 25 years, I said, well, how long have you been doing this, 25 years? And how did you get started? Well, I volunteered. And, and I just thought, what are you saying? This is a for-profit deal. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this guy's, you know, he's charging money. This is not a church. <laughs> you know, this is a, and yet people, he's got these people volunteering. And it's, I think they're so eager to to be in the room. You know, that's part of it. But also, it's Tony's way of saying you can contribute and putting skin in the game and creating another level of connection. We've not mastered that here at StoryBrand. I, I wonder what some of your tips are in getting your customers involved. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 incredible when somebody who is at a higher level comes to you and says, Hey, you know what? I could use your help. And, and that's so empowering and that's so incredible. And it, and it helps the person feel like they, they're, you know, involved in something. And, and the truth is when you get people involved, that's when they invest. When you get people involved, that's when they invest, not necessarily invest with money, but like you said, with the volunteering, it's, it's time, it's consideration. It's with the referrals that will come after when people ask, Hey, who should I go to for this? It's going to be you because you've gotten them involved. Like how, who else would they say? So there's a number of ways to do this. Um, if you hold any events like Tony did, um, then of course, volunteering is great, but even, even empowering your audience to help you make decisions in your business. Hmm. Uh, can, so, so this actually can be scalable. I remember when my book, will it fly came out in 2016. Uh, I had created a number of different versions of the cover and I went to my audience and I said, Hey, which one of these do you guys prefer? And tell me why I love your help. Maybe we can work together to create something that, you know, represents us and what this book stands for. And it was amazing because we got the highest engagement ever on those posts. This was back when Facebook was actually, you know, helping us out a little bit more than yeah. they do today. But those things spread like wildfire because people love to, to share what they think and they love to feel like they're involved in something. One way that agencies can do this and, and companies uh, like yourself would be to actually invite some of your potentially previous students to come on and actually have them come teach a little bit. And, you know, what an amazing opportunity for them, but also a great way for you to kind of empower your audience to kind of spread the message for you. Because sometimes that message is more powerful coming from your own students and customers versus coming from you. It's really terrific. Pat, is this, you know, if, we, if we've got a company with 50 or 100 people, is this a, a full-time person? I could see myself hiring a full-time person, handing them your book and saying, do this. <laughs> you know, have you seen anybody do that or any success in that? Kind of, kind of. That would be a great investment, even if, if you can scale it. You're going to get your money back on whatever you pay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, people have gotten their a thousand times X on the, on their on just reading this book because of some of these strategies. Right. I mean, when you, especially when you have a program that potentially you know would require a monthly membership or uh, a recurring payment, a lot of software, for example. I mean, 
when you have a customer for life and they're paying monthly or recurring on an annual basis, I mean, this is this is tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands of dollars that you're working toward. And it just takes these small little moments up front and a little bit of time and attention and personalization. Yeah. So I can definitely see somebody being hired to create these kinds of situations. If we and, do it, I'll keep uh, reporting to you on how it works out. But I think it would be great. Oh, awesome. Th- this is great. I love it. Uh, I would love to empower you to take the lead on that and, and <laughs> see what I'm doing here. I'm getting involved. There was a company that I advise. It's an email service provider called ConvertKit. And they uh, had a person come on. Actually, they, they, they worked for the company, but they shifted their job description to, hey, do these videos and connect with brand new customers. And that was literally this person's job for an entire year. And what they did was they used a tool called Bonjoro. This is an amazing tool that you can hook up to your sales process, your shopping cart, PayPal, Stripe, whatever. And what it does is when you get a sale, it notifies you. And then you swipe the little notification and it opens up a video screen and you just record a video message that goes directly to that brand new customer that they can receive probably within two to three minutes after recording it. So imagine you spend money, you inv- you invest in this, this product, something as dry as email, right? And then you get a message from somebody at the company who goes – Hey, Donald, just I saw you signed up for ConvertKit. Thank you so much for doing that. We're excited to have you be a part of the ConvertKit family. I also checked out your website. I saw that you're currently running this WordPress theme. I love that theme too. That's really neat. And honestly, if you have any questions, my name is Matt. We're here to help you. Welcome to the family, and we look forward to helping you succeed with email. That's real. I mean, that really means a lot when somebody went to your website and noticed something about it. That, that really means a lot. Yeah, I mean, and this can happen on a small level. Like one thing I love to do is when a person says thank you or messages me on Instagram, Instagram, before I say, hey, I appreciate it, thank you, or you're welcome, what I'll do is I'll just click on their profile, and if they're all like watercolor paintings or something, I'll, I'll, I'll pick one that I really love, and I'll look at it, and I'll be like, hey, thank you so much, and I really love that that watercolor painting you did of uh, San Francisco a couple weeks ago. <laughs> they're blown <laughs> yeah, away. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty incredible. Okay, finally, this one's probably more than just one person would have to do this. This would be a business strategy. You offer premium or platinum access as a way of creating super fans. Can you tell us about you know what a platinum access program might look like at a casual company? I you know I told this my my sister she's opening a flower shop north of Houston called Genie's Flowers and um, she's going to do three tiers of subscriptions. So like if I were a businessman in her area, I could get a text message saying your wife's flowers are ready once a month, and I literally go in once a month that they text me. And I can get the $40, the $60, the $80, the $250 if it's a corporate, you know, for a corporate lobby. And it's a great way for her to create passive revenue. But like, how would a flower, how would something as a, like a flower shop have platinum? Because I, I believe in this for more than just digital content. Oh, for sure. Any bookstore could do a membership, you know, where you come and hear, and hear a book be read every month and you get a 10% discount. You get, you know, it's 50 bucks a month to be a member. A bookstore could do that. I think a flower shop could do that. I mean, you know, Absolutely. My, my sister could do floral arranging classes twice a month, and then you get one bouquet a month, and then you're part of the platinum deal, and it kind of creates a little community. There's just different things that you can do. What have you seen out there? Yeah, I mean, VIP platinum access in this regard, I, it's more than just more stuff, though, I think. It's 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 related to what that person would actually, what would make that person feel amazing. And in some cases, it's very obvious. If you're you know a musician, a VIP would likely get access to you that – 
normal concert goers would not get access to, right? So you're paying for backstage passes, you get to meet and greet, you get VIP photos and stuff, and that makes sense. But for a flower shop, for example, I wouldn't have it be like, hey, you get extra flowers. What it means to be a VIP is, hey, we're going to make sure that, you know, we know you're getting these flowers to help other people feel special. We're going to go a little bit more above and beyond to help make those people feel even more special. So we don't just hmm. send flowers. We'll, yeah. we'll, we'll handwrite a note for you as well. That to, for VIP members, for platinum members. For platinum members, right, exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. Well, we have people, concierge, in our crew for making your wife or husband feel super special. We actually do research and, and we look at uh, what they're interested in on social media to see exactly you know, what, what we could possibly do. That would be very unique. We, we, we offer unique gifts beyond the, the flowers, maybe not the it sounded kind of it sounded kind of stalkerish when I was just talking about it, but you know what I mean. Like you know, just just extra special care and attention. We also throw a dinner for all couples once a year at this really amazing place that we have access to and it's owned by one of my friends or whatever, you know, and, and we invite you and we treat you to a nice five course dinner and just, we, we encourage you to, to love each other more. I mean, I don't know. I'm just making this up, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Platinum access things that other people can't get into. Exactly. There's this, I just read an article about some lounge. There's some secret airport lounges that aren't even like, I mean, sometimes it's airline, sometimes it's credit card. But you can't get access. They ha- they have to like invite you. They have to call you and say, "Would you like to be a part of this?" And it made me want to go so bad. Maybe like, yeah. give me the call. <laughs> Whatever. Club thirty three at Disneyland. I don't know if you've ever heard of that, but it's. A- I've heard of that. I have a buddy. It's it's a real place. I've never been in, but apparently it's a real place. If, for those of you who don't know, explain it, Pat. It's what's Club thirty three? Club thirty three is an exclusive uh, club uh, in Disneyland. If you walk through near where the Pirates of the Caribbean ride exits, there's a door that with a big thirty three on it. It's very mysterious. You don't know what it is, but obviously, if you're a member. You do your special knock, you get in, and you get treated to these amazing dinners and, and get to meet other club members. Are you a member? Not a member because it's literally like an eight-year wait list. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so we all got to create our, our own Club 33. <laughs> yeah, I, you know, there I, we've got to go through them pretty quick, I, and, and this has been so practical, everything that you've said. But there are six hidden traps of building super fans. What are they, and how do we avoid them? Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest one, especially for uh, people in the digital space, it's very easy to get fans to, to let that get on, in our head. Like, oh, we're cool now because we have all these people who who love and praise us. And, and I've seen it before where, you know, especially on Instagram and other platforms, uh, especially with a lot of the younger generation coming on, they get this immediate success. They get all the endorphins that come with all the praise and, and whatnot, and then they – you know, they think they can command an amazing deal um, with another company because of that. It's 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 not about the money. It's about the experiences you're offering your audience. There was this one person on Instagram who was in the news recently who has two million followers on Instagram, and uh, it got so much to her head that that she was you know up there. Um, she made her own merchandise and sold uh, like a T-shirt, and she only t- sold 26 of them, I think. And I guarantee you, there are people with only 26 followers who could sell twice as many. Yeah, you know, and, yeah. and that's kind of that's the kind of experience that we want. So that's one thing, uh, you know, having the fans get to your head and becoming big headed. And I'm thankful that I have a wife who's, who once told me that if my <laughs> head becomes too big, she wouldn't be there to support it for me. So, uh, so, so sometimes you need those in your life. Yeah. And, 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 um, another dark trap is just, you know, there are crazy people out there yeah. and, and you gotta be careful about, you know, the, the, the way you present where you're going to be in, 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 in that sort of situation. I mean, I, I hear about it all, all the time from the YouTube community. Uh, there's, there's a guy named Dan TDM. They have people outside of their house waiting to take pictures and it's like, it's because they love you, but it's also, they cross that line. Yeah, kinda. it's creepy. Okay. You have to create those boundaries. All right. That's two, right? What's three? Hidden traps. Three is just, you know, related to that. There's just the idea that, um, you know, 
everybody's watching your every move at this point. So you got to be careful when you make a pivot, if you were to change directions, if you were to add a new product, you got to realize that, you know, there are people there who are going to let you know how they feel about it. And it could be a great thing and it could be a not so great thing. And we've seen, you know, super fans of certain companies, uh, for example, be very loud about certain products that people have come out with, um, you know, even, even on Apple, right there, there's the Apple fan boys and fan girls out there who, when certain products come out or there's a keynote that doesn't really deliver as promised as it, with all the hype, then it's kind of a letdown, you know, and, yeah. it, and it, it's kind of sad. And I think the, the, the big lesson there is to always remember, number one, where you came from, but also number two, remember why people are following you in the first place. And I think, you know, companies like Apple could benefit from remembering that it was about innovation mm. and uh, all these incredible things. And now they just seem to always be, you know, in the safe zone. That's that's the difference between Steve Jobs and Tim Cook, both incredible CEOs, incredible. But you've got to switch that force from season to season. And I think they're coming to the end of the you know, utilize what we've got season and they're going to need to innovate. Yeah. And that doesn't mean Tim Cook needs to step down. It just means they need a real genius innovator in there thinking in, the, in how can we simplify this? Anyway, that's just a side note. But what's what's number four? You've got six, right? Six hidden traps of building super fans. What's the fourth? Yeah, so we talked about unwanted attention and those kinds of things. Burnout is really the big one. You know, when you get fans, you get so excited about helping them. You want to offer them more. You do bigger events. You do more things. You have more products. And you want to offer more, and it's it's it comes to that point sometimes where you either have to, you, number one, you just have to check in with yourself every once in a while. I think where a lot of business owners burn out is they just kind of get on this track and they keep going and keep saying yes to everything. Yeah, yeah. You you can't say yes to everything, and, no. and burnout is the big trap. And you know, even even people like Ariana Huffington were very you know pronounced about how they had gone through burnout. Yeah, she had mentioned that in 2016 because of all the success that she had. And then she wrote a book about sleep. <laughs> yeah, it's <laughs> awesome. Right. Good for her. Right, exactly, because it, it probably changed her life. And sleep is definitely important. Yeah. Uh, delegating and, and, and hiring out is important. Um, leaning on your support network, if you have one, uh, as, as we all should, is really important. And, and just staying focused on what matters is really is really the big thing there. A part of that is like trying to respond to everybody. When you're starting out and you have a few fans, it's very easy to give them all your time and attention. But as you gain more momentum, you can't possibly give all that time to everybody. And this is another trap people fall into is, is the, the, the need to feel like you have to reply to everybody. And this is a trap that I fell into. And it wasn't until I realized that a lot of times people appreciate getting answers quickly um, and then I can actually – kind of speak to everybody at the same time if I know what they need right. and I've uh, done the research then then they feel like I'm I'm speaking to them even though I'm speaking to more people and then lastly it's like those people who you associate with reflect on you hmm. I had a partnership back in the day where this person uh, I trusted him and 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 we were doing some fun things together we were about to release a course together and then he came out publicly and shared that uh, basically all the income that he said he was making online he was just pretending to make, uh, oh, and, yeah. and, and it was false. And so he was just doing that because it was it was it was gaining more notoriety. And you know, myself being a partner of his, and 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 that being public too, I had a lot of messages coming and say, I don't know if I could trust you anymore because you didn't see that in him. I don't like what am I not seeing in you? And so you just got to be careful about who you associate with. Um, and this is really why in in my space especially digital marketing, internet marketing, entrepreneurship. I mean, there's a lot of, 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 you know, snake oil salesmen in yeah. this space. Yeah. And a lot of them have wanted to partner with me and, and have offered a lot of money and, you know, know how much my audience trusts me and, and want, wants to get in front of that. And honestly, I say, 
I'm sorry, but I cannot associate myself with you. No offense to you. It's just I have this level of standard for for what my audience expects of me, and and I can't possibly potentially you know um, sabotage that with this relationship. Well, I love this idea of creating super fans. Your book goes on and on. You talk about creating quick wins and returning every handshake and letting them take a shot and letting them decide and creating a challenge for your audience. Every one of those points is as significant as the ones that we just heard. I think it's an inspirational read, Pat. Thanks so much for joining us today. The book is called Superfans. You can get it on Amazon or wherever you buy books. But Pat, how can people find out more about you? Yeah, I think the best spot, especially for those of you listening to the podcast right now, would be to check out my podcast, Smart Passive Income. It's been running for about a decade now, which is crazy. That's awesome. That's incredible. Yeah. And uh, we we have some amazing people uh, on the show. Um, and at the time of this recording, you, you're on the show, I believe, or or soon to be on the show. Yeah, on the show. Yeah, that's why I had you on because it was it was such a great conversation. I wanted to keep it going. This was kind of part two of a conversation between Don and Pat. It really was. I think StoryBrand and Superfans uh, work really well together, and I, I hope that uh, you all read it and, and pick it up and enjoy it. Pat Flynn, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. JJ, I'm in. Practical. Yeah. I love it when a podcast is practical. Yeah. I yeah. love it when there are just things that we can do right away to make a difference. Uh, Pat, you are incredible. Thank you so much for joining us. Once again, the book is called Superfans. Buy it wherever you buy books. Music from this episode is by Andrew Bell. You can listen to Andrew's latest record, Dive Deep Hushed, on Spotify or on iTunes. Thanks, as always, for listening to the Building a Story Brand podcast, where we believe if you confuse, you'll lose. Noise is the enemy, and creating a clear message is the best way to grow your business.